Welcome. You are listening to the Learning to Believe Again podcast with your host, Brittany Bexton. Where do you begin when you're learning to believe again? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We have got a slightly different kind of episode this week. We are going to be talking about how people hear from God. Everyone hears from God a little differently. And today I have three awesome guests with me to share some of their own experiences and stories of how they have heard from God and kind of share how they do in general. I've got Sean Moss, Shirley Coker, and Casey McReynolds with me. Why don't you guys introduce yourself? Sean, you take it away and we'll go in that order. Okay. Uh, hey, everybody, listeners. Uh, my name is Sean Moss. Uh, I'm actually from Tennessee, uh, like Brittany, um, but I live here in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, I've been walking with the Lord for a few years now, and He's just radically changed my life, um, radically transformed my heart. And uh, so every day I just wake up and just go after Him, right? Go after Him, running after Him with everything I have, with all of my being, just in pursuit of the Lord. Love it. How about you, Shirley? Tell them a little bit about yourself. Thank you. So my name's Shirley Coker. I'm from Adelaide, South Australia. We've just gone from daylight savings. We're in our second month of winter, but it looks like early spring here. The weather is glorious Mm. about me. So I'm with the Lord. Oh, my gosh. We're like this. I love him, love him, love him, love him. Unlike Sean, pursue him every day, whether it's outside in creation or through the word or worship or intercession. So that's that's really my heart area, intercession. But love sharing about the goodness of God. Love it. And how about you, Casey? Well, I am Casey McReynolds. I uh, live in Central Texas with my husband and we have three beautiful little kids. I have a seven-year-old daughter, a four-year-old son, and an almost 11-month-old little girl. And um, I'm a former pastry chef turned stay-at-home mom. (laughs) And um, I'm in that really interesting place of of, you know, we homeschool and doing, you know, everything that comes along with being a stay-at-home mom. I'm living my dream. All I ever wanted to do is be a mom, Mm. but also learning how to um, just keep going after the Lord and just keep going from glory to glory and into more. And um, yeah, it just, he's good. He's good. And every, every year, every moment just gets better. Yeah. He really is. Even in the crazy times mm. and the dark stuff, God is always good. Yeah, yes. He's always with us. So yes. I guess I will start us off and just say I am primarily a seer. So the way I hear from God is usually in visions and dreams. Although I see and hear in other ways too. So the the primary ways that we see as far as like descriptors of that, there are seers knowers, feelers, and hearers. So a seer would be someone who sees in visions and dreams and sees God speak kind of in 
daily life, in the environment around them, in, in the things that they see in the world. A hearer is someone who hears from the Lord. Maybe they don't see as much. They don't necessarily see as many dreams or visions, but they hear from God sometimes in like internal dialogue, sometimes in an audible voice. A knower is someone who just knows things. Like God will just drop something in their spirit. They don't even know how to explain necessarily how they know it, but they do. And a feeler is someone who can feel what's going on in the spirit realm, feel the heart of God, and often can feel what's going on in a room and an environment with other people too. So would you like to start us off and share how you hear from God, Sean? Sure, sure. <clears throat> so, uh, also like Brittany, I'm, I'm I'm a seer as well, and um, it, it really kind of uh, transpired um, just overnight. I really, it just really went from zero to a hundred. Like I really just stepped off in the deep end, and then you know here I am three years later. And I guess I guess I would start with, I guess I would start with in, in, in John in chapter three, and Jesus is having this conversation with Nicodemus. And I love the language he uses because he's not just talking about salvation here. And he says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Right. So yeah. it's almost as if our senses get born again. Right. Right. Yes. So my eyes were born again. And, wow. um, and, and I, I can recall, um, and this is, you know, this has been almost, uh, you know, three years in the making. I've been walking with the Lord. And uh, the irony of that is it's also been the hardest three years of my life, mm. um, the paradox there, you know, and uh, one night, and I don't really like talking about the enemy a lot. It's just not my, you know, I try to keep my focus on the Lord. Um, um, but one night I had uh, woke up in the middle of the night and, um, you know, without uh, going down a, a rabbit hole, you know, there was essentially there was something in my house. Yeah. It's like, I, you know, the kingdom was real, but then I've also, the Lord opened my eyes to something else and I'd um, seen something in my house. And it was really interesting because that night I was having a dream that my house got broken into. So I was startled, I woke up in my dream, got up, you know, and in my house and all of a sudden I see this, this, this thing in my house. Right. And I can just remember crying out to Jesus. Well, um, the next day I'm still trying to reconcile like what is happening to me right all of a sudden i'm having dreams every single night mm -hmm. and uh god dreams you know but i'm also having other other dreams as well yeah. you know and um there's a lot of insomnia and uh trying to again i'm so new in this thing and i i, I don't have a grid really for what's happening to me and i don't know anybody because i'm going to a, a southern baptist church you know here and um I come across this verse in Isaiah 40, 31. This is those who wait upon the Lord, right? God's going to renew your strength and you're going to soar like the wings of an eagle. Yes. And uh, that was a verse uh, I've been really chewing on for the past two years. And I can remember I've, uh, the, the very next day after I had this encounter in my house, I was, I was on a run. And um, I remember just looking up and there was this eagle above me. And... Uh, and then the next day, the same thing happened. And then the wow. next day, the same thing happened. And so for the past two years, it's like, it doesn't matter where I go, Jacksonville, Orange Park, anywhere over the city. Uh, you know, like Sunday, I was laying in my backyard and uh, me and my wife, 
like rednecks trying to get a tan in, in the yard. And, uh, you know, these two eagles just come into our backyard and are just flying, you know. And, uh, and so all the while, God has been really showing me that I have the capacity to see like him, right? Like this. Yeah. I know it sounds kind of, kind of funny, you know, um, but one of the attributes or characteristics, if you were to look at the animal of the eagle and what they're known for is, is their eyesight. Yeah. And um, mm. so that's, that's, and then, then I was off. I was just hundred miles an hour, right? Weird <laughs> eagle man, right? Um, <laughs> and so God began to speak to me and it was very different than what I had experienced before. Then it started to become, you know, again, dreams, uh, a lot of uh, symbolism. And he would, you know, he might give me a word and then it would build throughout the week. It would just compound a word on top of a word on top of, you know, all these different things. And I can remember one, one of my favorite stories, and this is so cool because my wife was a part of it. And that's really what, oh my gosh, Sean, this is really real. And I'm like, yeah, I know, babe, like this is really real. <laughs> um I was, I was on my way home from work and, uh, and I was behind this car and, uh, my, my work commutes, it's pretty long. Right. Um, and so I was behind this car and my attention was just drawn to this license plate in front of me. And, uh, the license plate just had one word on it and it said, Iowa, you know, look, there's nothing special about license plates. I see them, see them all the time, but for whatever reason, I had just said this unction, this urge and I'm, and, and I'm sitting there. And I'm like, Iowa, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I get home and, and in my spirit, this is, this is what I'm hearing. Eyes on Washington, Iowa. So I'm like, babe, we got an assignment for the Lord. Like we need to be praying for the White House, <laughs> right? Like we need to be, this is right around election time. I was like, we need to be playing, praying for Trump. We really, 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 really need to be praying. She's like, Sean, you've lost it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not speaking to you on a license plate. I'm like, babe, I'm telling you something's going on here. Right. So again, a couple of days go by. I'm still meditating on it. Um, and God just kind of shows me sometimes things will just kind of pass through my eyelids. If that makes sense, it'll just be like a, a quick flash of something. And, uh, you know, I see the American flag and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is it. This is definitely the White House. We're definitely praying, you know, yeah. and sometimes God shows me things and it's very literal. So I, I think freedom. All right. We need we need freedom. And I'm just going for it. All right. So a couple of days again go by and, and Friday gets here. So this is all week long. This is five days. And my wife and I, we don't have kids so on the weekends. We, you know, we want to, we want to go out and have some wine or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, well, babe, where, where do we want to go eat tonight? And, um, we, we, <laughs> we wind up at Waffle House, right? <laughs> Tennessee, like I love Waffle House. She loves yep. Waffle House. Right. And so we sit down in our booth and I notice all the staff have these visors on and on the visors in capital letters, it says WH. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, babe, it wasn't white house. It's waffle house. <laughs> and uh, she's like, what do you mean? I was like, all week long. You remember what I've been telling you? Right. And she's like, Oh, okay. So what's about to happen? I go, I don't know. And I kind of had a little bit of butterflies. Right. I'm like, all right, the yeah. Lord is clearly about to show up. Right. And so my waitress comes to the table and her name tag is an American flag. And her name was angel. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Wow. It's, it's really going down, Jesus. Like, it's really real. So I'm already, I'm already scripting in my head. All right. What do you want me to say? Like, instead of just, just, just relax. Like, the Lord clearly brought you here. You didn't bring yourself here. Like, he has been orchestrating this all week long. Yeah. And uh, so I'm just trying to let go of the reins a little bit. And so we order our food and um, 
Angel, our waitress, she comes back to the table and um, she's wearing a long sleeve shirt. And uh, when she hands us uh, our food, I can see her wrist where she's been cutting her wrist. There were fresh wounds on her wrist. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go. Right. So my heart is just like overflowing uh, for this for this young girl. I think she was in her, her mid 20s. So I begin to share with her. Hey, Angel, the Lord's been talking to me about you all week. He loves you so much so that he sent me here tonight specifically just for you. And um, I just kept telling her how much, you know, God loved her. And she was so receptive. And this is what she said to me. She said, um, if it wasn't for my animals, I would have committed suicide. I wouldn't be alive right now. I'm only alive to take care of my animals. Gosh. And um, yeah, you want to talk about melting. And I'm 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 emotional anyways. Like I'm a big crier, right? You know, I watch This Is Us and it's all over. Oh. <laughs> you know, and uh, so I'm having this encounter with this young lady named Angel. And uh, I'm just reminding her of God's love. And, um, you know, did we have a salvation moment? Did she come to the Lord in that moment? No. But it seemed right. it was undeniable. You know, it was undeniable that the world showed up, right? Wow. Presence. And we go go back to that um, Waffle House all the time, and and she still works there, you know, two years later. Oh, wow. So I see her. And um, and those Oh, I think the dogs wanted to be on the podcast, too. And so moments like that, those experiences started to happen on a regular basis. You know, or God show me something early in the week, you know, in a dream or, uh, you know, these little, little, I call them manna. They're like just little breadcrumbs and they're just leading me to what he's trying to reveal. And um, it's awesome. It's, it's really cool. It, it really is. Most people don't understand. It kind of, kind of might seem a little weird at first, right? Because a lot of times if it doesn't line up with their experience, it's like, oh, that's not the Lord. It's like, okay, all right. yeah. you know um so yeah that's 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 how the lord lord speaks to me um you see it all throughout scripture right you know he, 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 I'll, I'll i'll say it like this like god's voice can be heard by what he shows you yeah right? so the voice of the lord can be seen you know um the magi right they they arrive at the lord by a star so the lord was communicating through a star you know moses is is, is looking at a bush on fire. And it wasn't uncommon for him to see a bush on fire just based on the, the environment. He was in the desert, right? Um, but there was something uh, there was something unusual about this bush, right? It didn't burn up. So God will take something in your day-to-day, your, your, your day-to-day, what seems very regular, and he adds a hint of ir- irregularity to it. Like something about it will, will stand out to catch your attention. And so that's what the Lord does with me. Yes. Yeah, I wow, love that. That's yeah. I love that too because wow. he he showed you in your natural environment. It was right. the license plate, it was the hats, but he also gave you a vision of that American flag. Yeah, yeah. And that's I love wild. that wow. with the eagles too. I think I've maybe seen an eagle one time ever. Yeah, it's so cool. And I, I ended up getting a big eagle tattoo because I'm really weird now. And uh, <laughs> you know, and it's turned into a game now. When my wife and I are out, it's like, well, who, who's who's going to see the most eagles today? You know, because <laughs> it's it's very interesting. Because what started happening to me then started happening to her. Like the Lord almost started syncing us up. We became instinct, you know, where she would be out. And she'd be like, oh my god, babe, I've seen so many eagles today. And I'm like, yep, yep, here we go. You know, <laughs> I love it. 
That's pretty cool. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, it's God's amazing the way He works. Good. He really is. Yes, ma'am. He communicates to us the way we understand. Like mm-hmm. God speaks. This is going to sound bizarre, but God speaks to me the way I speak to my mm-hmm. friends, and yeah. He commun- communicates to me that way because I understand understand that. That's, that's yeah. so I think true. That's the same with you, I think Sean. about the way I text message. Like I'll be. You can call me and I won't answer and I'll just send you a text in response like right afterwards and I'll do it with emojis. Like, I won't even like I'm communicating, you know, with all these different emojis, right? Fire emoji, flex, you know, you know, so that's that's kind of how I speak. Right. And so in yeah. that same regard, like Shirley was saying, that's how the Lord speaks to me in return, you know, yes. and, and illustrations. And- yes. Yeah, it's so true. He does. He speaks to us in the ways that we speak. It's funny because. Sean's a seer. I'm a seer also. I have a little bit of all the things. So I might actually share one of the experiences that I've had that's more like a knowing because I'm not sure what everyone else is going to share. So I'm going to let everyone else share first. But I liked what Mm -hmm. you were saying too, how sometimes God speaks very literally to you. Same with me. Sometimes Sometimes I get these wild visions and I have to process them or dreams where it's like layer upon layer upon layer and I have to process them all out. But other times it's like the most literal thing and it's just kind of funny. I'm actually, I'm going to tell a funny story. I will just leave the names out so that they are not embarrassed. (laughs) But I actually had a dream. This is totally, God likes messing with me sometimes. Like when I say that, I mean, he has a sense of humor with me we have this joke thing back and forth, God. And I, so one, I have tons of dreams and, you know, sometimes even in, in your walk, it's like, I know God's speaking, but sometimes you just need the reassurance. Like, yeah, God's speaking. I hear from him and God's so faithful to remind you that that's what it is too. You know, like he he is faithful that way. It's so faithful to say, no, you really are seeing, I really am showing you things and I'm just going to prove it and make you laugh at the same time. So this was one of those things. I had a dream one morning and I didn't even remember it until I was brushing my teeth, but I had a dream that someone who was staying with me had been in the bathroom, like in the wee hours of the morning, getting very sick. Well, at least that's what it sounded like. You know, like the intestinal upset that you're like, oh, you need like Pedialyte right now. So I'm brushing my teeth and I suddenly remember this dream. And in the dream, I was outside the bathroom and I could hear and I went, oh, I should check and make sure they're okay. And I was about to knock on the door and be like, are you okay right now? And then I hear from the bathroom, finally, I wondered when it was going to come out. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not going to knock. They're clearly (laughs) fine. I'm just going to. So that's the entire dream, right? Like it's you would have wow. thought that I was awake and this happened. Yeah. So that's the whole dream. And I remember it while I'm brushing my teeth. So I go over <laughs> to where they are in the house. And I'm like, I have a really weird question for you. They're like, okay. And I'm like, were you up in the middle of the night in the bathroom or like the wee hours of this morning? They're <laughs> like, yeah. Why were you up? I'm like, no. Well, yes, but that's not why I know. I mean, I was earlier than that. And then I went back to sleep. I'm like, I had this dream. And I tell the person the dream and they're like, well, because I did a cleanse and it hadn't worked yet. 
and then yeah. we both just start laughing hysterically and i'm right. like you realize that the only reason god gave me that dream is to like tell me that i do actually hear from him that it's yeah. for real and to make us laugh because that was there was no other yeah. reason for that absolutely <laughs> wow yeah. So there's an example of the most literal thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes he just has to drive the point home and be like, you really do hear. It's you, you see for real. You're hearing me talk to you. Just yes. trust it. And sometimes he has to make you laugh at the same time. At least that's how he is with me. So, yes, ma'am. Now, Shirley, you were telling me before that you were primarily a, he a hearer. So I feel like I should say before we go on to that, um, these giftings can cross over. So just because someone's a seer or a hearer or a knower or a feeler doesn't mean they don't have the others too. I heard James Gall speak recently. He said, it's kind of like the colors of the rainbow. They blend into each other. Yeah. Yeah. So same thing with the giftings. So yeah. I know that there's more to it than that too, but surely I'd love to hear you share about how you hear from God. Thank you. Brittany, well, I'm glad you shared that because I was thinking I must be going a bit weird because I would now like blend, you know, I would see and then I would, I'm definitely a feeler, but I would see and then I would hear audibly in different circumstances or my stomach radar, my spirit radar was just going off and, on, and I'm thinking... Uh, who is it? Like when I'm at the shops, it's who is it, Lord? Who is it? You know, so I'm glad you shared that because that, that's helped me. Thank you. So there's a couple of instances um, of late where I was stirring in my sleep. No, so I'll go back a little bit. I was doing a prophetic um, course with or course with Jennifer Ebay. And one was to prophesy over people when the Lord gives you a name. So I had someone's name imprinted on me. And the whole day, I absolutely got nothing. And I'm thinking, Lord, I know you gave me this name. So I went to bed. Nothing happened. I went into the word. I waited on the Lord. I put worship music on and nothing. I set the whole day free so that I could share for this person and nothing happened. So I went to bed and about 2.30 in the morning I was stirring and I heard the Lord say, yielded. And I'm thinking, what are you saying? And then I heard the person's name and I said to the Lord, this is 2.30 in the morning, I cannot share that with, with this person. They'll think I'm, you know, batty I'm just what it's just one word I'm thinking oh lord so anyway when daylight came I um messaged her in messenger and said to this person this is what I heard and I, I saw your name and I staggered to tell her I was stumbling all the time because I'm thinking this is just so weird but anyway, this person said to me, that means so much to me. Thank you for sharing. And then she said it was okay, oops, to post on the page, So, which is what I did. 
And then only recently, the other one I heard, which put me in a whirl, I'm telling you right now. Um, so I woke up and I heard the enemy say, I'm going after him. And I heard the Lord say, leave that person alone. You've done enough. And this, again, was at 2.30 in the morning. And I'm thinking, no, Lord, no, 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 no. I cannot share this. No, because he also, the Lord also gave me that person's name. And I'm thinking, no, Lord, no, I'm, there's no way I can share this. I'm thinking, I've just heard a conversation between the enemy and God about this person, and now you're wanting me to share it with this person? Uh-uh, Lord. So anyway, I prayed, I walked up and down my hallway, and I just kept butterflies all the time in my stomach and I thought okay that's the way for me that I know that I can share is I get these butterflies and these butterflies were full on I might say they were just going off I tell you I thought okay I'm gonna share I messaged this person and with the uh, microphone you know there's a little microphone thingy so I'm blab blabbering, I'm stuttering, I'm stumbling, and I'm thinking you are not, you're just not going to think this is even real. So I shared it and then blow me down, there was no feedback. And I'm thinking, Hugh, you are just, what did you do that for? And I'm thinking, well, I heard from the Lord and the person's name was emblazoned. It was like it had been stamped on me with a stamper. Mm. I just heard the name and I'm thinking, all right, I've shared, no feedback, I've scared them off. So I just left it and I went to God and said, I've shared it, no more. No more, Lord, this is just too much. And then I get feedback from the person and they're saying that, yes, you know, this is so. And I'm thinking, Lord, no, like, no more. Like, not no more stop, but, you know, I wanted a break because that, what I felt like I was watching the conversation between the enemy and God. And I heard it so clearly. When I hear audibly from God, I hear clear like he's like he is stand obviously standing right next to me, but it's yeah. so loud, but it's so gentle and so yeah, so um and then so I've that's happened to me recently. I've heard from God audibly in the past, but recently um you know, I'd be on um Facebook and a hippopotamus kept coming up all the time. Now, I'm not into hippopotamuses. I'm into horses and elephants and, and yes, Sean, eagles too and lions. So they're my main ones. And I'm thinking, what are you saying, Lord, about these hippopotamus? They're cute. It was a pygmy hippopotamus. She had a baby hippopotamus called Fiona. And I'm thinking, what are you saying, Lord? I'll tell you, talk about being blonde. I then went into my bedroom and I said, Lord, 
why is the spirit over Australia? And he said, Behemoth. And I'm thinking, I looked up Behemoth, and Behemoth is um, hippopotamus shape. And I tell you, I was flawed. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. So I looked up what Behemoth aligns itself with, and it's, it's not great. And I'm thinking, this is over our nation. So I shared with a dear friend who's, you know, very prophetic, and she confirmed that she had shared a word a couple of years earlier, but I didn't see that post. So, of course, that, you know, that leads to intercession. So I'm like you, Sean, I'm symbolic. I see things. I see numbers all the time. I see animals because that's how God communicates to me. And also um, sometimes colours or I'll be at the shops and my butterflies are just, you know, they're like in a greenhouse and they're going off. And I'm thinking, okay, so you're telling me it's someone close and I either go up to them or, you know, I'm to pray for them. So this happened to me. There's a beach here, stunning beach, called Henley Beach, and we were doing some evangelism. And I wasn't really getting anything at all. And I'm thinking... You'll, you'll let me know, Lord, who I'm to go up to and speak to and what have you. So I'm walking along like the parade and then off go the butterflies. So I went over to this cyclist. He's sitting on a wall and the closer I get, they're just doing zoomies, you know. They're just going off and I'm thinking, okay, I've got the right person. What am I to say, Lord? So what I did was go up to him and say, hi, how are you going and everything like that. And he said, you're going to witness to me, aren't you? And I thought, okay, so he's had this before, no problem. (laughs) So there's nothing too hard for the Lord. So I said, yes, I am. I said, I'm going to tell you about the love of Jesus and how much he loves you. I said, you're his son and he thinks of you dearly and he loves you. He said, it doesn't matter what you say to me. He said, doctors have told me I've got leukaemia mm. and I've got eight years to live. And I said, well, the doctors are wrong. I said, Jesus is your healer. I said, if you want healing, Jesus can give it to you. And he just looked at me. I said, it's true. I said, I've been healed. I said, it's true. I said, absolutely true. Jesus can heal you. And I said, would you like me to pray for you? And I asked his name and he said, yes. So I was praying for him. And I had my hand towards his left shoulder, but like sort of on it, but more a little bit over, but it was definitely his left shoulder. And as I'm praying, I could feel this heat come out my hand. And I knew, I just knew that the presence of God had touched him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because there's no way of follow-up, um, I still have faith to believe that the Lord would change what the doctors said, mm-hmm. break yeah. that spirit of death off of him, and mm-hmm. that he shall live and not die. Mm-hmm. Yes. But he wasn't willing for salvation, but that doesn't mean that he's not ever going to meet with Jesus because the seed has been sown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have to trust and believe mm-hmm. that that man was my appointment for that day. So, awesome. so you know. 
We just have to be willing and obedient and faithful and do it, don't we? Yes, ma'am. So, yeah, so um, sometimes I'll hear a word and then I've got to seek God for who that's for because that's not always clear to me who it's for. I've had, um, I was sitting in my bed one day, this is a few years ago, I was just waiting on the Lord, not deep, I just kind of started and I heard Attorney General and I thought, okay, Lord, so you need me to pray for him. So I just started praying and interceding and that that was about three or four hours worth and then I felt the burden lift and I thought, okay, you know, that assignment is finished and he's covered with prayer and the Lord, the seed's done, the Lord will do the rest. Come on. So, yeah, so things like that happen to me a lot as well. So, yeah, God's so good. And he is. And seed planting so important. <gasps> yes. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I really believe that even when someone has struggled with believing their whole life, God is really faithful to speak to people even in their last moments and even as they're yeah. passing. I remember years ago, uh, my brother, his ex-girlfriend, her mom got cancer and she was put in hospice care and none of her family were believers, but she was in hospice care at home. And my brother was telling me that she kept saying she just wanted to go home. She just wanted to go home. Mm. And I said, oh, you mean like heaven? Do you think she's talking about heaven? And my brother was not a believer at the time. And he said, well, she, she's an atheist. I don't know how she could be talking about that. And I told him, I'm like, well, I believe everyone gets called home by God. And he's probably been talking to her. So seeds matter. Come on. Yeah. Casey, I would love it if you shared a little bit about how you hear. Sure. Um, I kind of, kind of like you, I feel a little bit, I feel a little bit like a hybrid of probably seeing, hearing and knowing. Mm -hmm. I know I was thinking, I've been thinking a lot and the Holy Spirit has been so good to kind of bring back to my mind instances where he's like, no, you, this is where you were knowing and this is where you were this and this is where you were this and yeah um you know one of the most recent times i can i remembered um just knowing something from the lord it was really interesting i was it was last year about this time i was pregnant and i was sitting in my um my midwife's waiting room and we were how we had a late appointment and i spent a good bit of my third pregnancy just contending to have Mm -hmm the birth that I wanted that I didn't get with my other two kids. And so it was really like I had strong words from the Lord and um, every appointment was a little like, are we going to, you know, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. And I'm sitting in the waiting room and there's a dad there with his two boys. His wife is in with our midwife and they had just had their third and um, they're talking and they're kind of making small talk with my husband and they're talking about birthdays. And all of a sudden, I just knew that the little boy next to me, his birthday was in March. Hmm. And I mean, as, as I know it, he's like, yeah, my birthday, dad, my birthday's in March. And I, 
sat there for a minute and I thought, how did I know that? <laughs> and it could, I mean, it was just like, I knew it. I knew it. And I've never seen this little boy before. And as I'm, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking like, well, that was really cool. You know, I was just thinking about how reassuring it is from the Holy Spirit yeah. that he's with, he was with me even there. You know, it's yeah. like, to me, it's, it was just another sign of just intimacy with him, you know, that yeah. he goes everywhere that I go, you know, and he sees everything that I see. And even in a waiting room, <laughs> you know, where it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's not a spectacular thing. Right. But yeah, to me, I was like, oh, you're here. Like you're here yeah. with me, even in this, you know, and wow. thinking about just how those instances where I have just known something just there's no way that I could explain to you that I know it but I know something um it's just been such a mark from the Lord of hey I'm with you I, I've I've never left you I can I can remember as a child before prior to actually being saved having instances like that where I just there were things that I knew one of them the Holy Spirit reminded me of right before um right before this was um my mom was in a really abusive marriage for a long time as my uh, stepdad. And uh, I remember it was more than once, but I, I know for sure the second time I just told her, Hey mom, I don't, you don't need to go home tonight. You need to stay here at grandma mm -hmm. and grandpa's. You don't need to go home. I can't tell you why I just, you don't need to go home. And, uh, Later on that night, my stepfather at the time was arrested on assault charges. He had actually assaulted another woman, but he had he had come home after and then was arrested at their home. Mm -hmm. And I just knew after that, I was like, wow, God, that was that was you. That was you, you know, making provision mm -hmm. for my mom to be safe, for my siblings to be safe. Yeah. Um, as I don't believe that would have been the outcome had I not been like, wow, I just know that you don't need to be home. Yeah. You know, um, it's just one of those things from the Lord that it's, it's just so intimate. And so, you know, it isn't always, you know, like I was telling you, Brittany, it isn't always, uh, well, it doesn't always feel like profound and right. like, you know, powerful. Sometimes it seems really I don't know. I don't want to make the Lord less because he's not, you know, but it's, it's powerful in, in the way that he meets you mm -hmm. that close, that it's just something like that. You just know it, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I know you didn't want to say like in the mundane, but you know, the thing yeah. that's so amazing about God is that it's like, he is all powerful and yet he is so willing to meet us in the small things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's yes. part of what makes him so amazing, you know, and yeah. it is, he does meet us in the mundane, you know, Yeah. but it doesn't make him any less. It just means that he's that amazing and he still wants intimacy with us. I mean, how yeah. cool is that really? It's mm. so, it's the, the amount of love. <laughs> it's just mm -hmm. like, oh, so good. So yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to share a few. And I know that you are also a big feeler too, Shirley. I would love you to think of a time that that was really prominent since we haven't talked as much about that. But while you're thinking, I'll share some of mine. So 
like I had said before, I'm a seer, but I kind of hear in multiple different ways. And it's funny because I think at different points in my life, it's been more of one or the other. I think when I was younger, actually, like really young, I heard more clearly as a knower. And as I've gotten older, I see pretty prolific visions now and the dreams are off the hook. <laughs> um well, when I was a kid, the dreams were off the hook too, but the enemy hijacked my dreams when I was a kid. He tried to not let me have the God ones. So I had like crazy night terrors and walked in my sleep and fell downstairs and didn't wake up when I was a kid. So God instead would talk to me through knowing and things. So I'm going to share one of the craziest experiences I had. Like when I was young, I knew that I knew things, but you know, like some of it, it's stuff that you grow into over time too. really comprehending, wait, I'm actually knowing things and hearing things and feeling things and seeing things that either haven't happened yet or that I just shouldn't know, you know? And I've been hearing from God since I was really little. So it took me a while to really comprehend what that was. But this particular story I'm going to share was probably the first time that I was just like, whoa, <laughs> Like just, you know, the eyes wide for a few days. Like, how did I know that? So when I was younger, I was not super consecrated, but I did know God. And I was with one of my friends. I didn't use drugs when I was younger. I definitely drank too much at points, but my friends did. And I was the designated driver a lot. So I was driving a friend back to her house and she was very intoxicated and we were driving along this road called Atherton, which is right by where I, where my home growing up was. And it's kind of in this more country area of town. And the other side of town that she lived on was probably about 10, 15 minutes away. And up ahead, I see flashing lights. And as soon as I see the flashing lights, it's just like something hits me. And all of a sudden, I just know that our mutual friend had been in a car accident and that he had been drinking. And I can't tell you why I knew, but it was like in that instant, I saw the flashing lights and all of a sudden it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I just knew that I knew, but I'm like, I can't tell Devin this because if I tell her this, then she's just going to be totally paranoid, which she already is because she is on something she should not be. Wow. And I'm like, so I'm just going to keep it to myself and we keep driving and we get up to where the flashing lights are and it's a cop car and a cherry picker. And I'm like, why did I even think that? Like, why did that even pop into my head? There's no car there. There's no accident. Like that's a cop car and a cherry picker. Like, where did this even come from? So we keep driving and the friend that I knew was in an accident, his name was Mike. And she actually like Devin and Mike lived right by each other. They lived within like three blocks of each other. So I was driving her over to the same neighborhood that he lived in. So we get to this area. It's this park where I grew up. We're passing the park and all of us are, we're getting close to passing the park. And I start seeing like tire unravel. You know how like when truck tires and things go flat, but they unravel on the road. Mm -hmm. So if you keep driving on a flat, it unravels. Well, there are pieces of tire, like a tire had been unraveling as we're driving mm -hmm. along Simmons road. And we get up to where the park is and there's another cop car with flashing lights. And as we drive past the park, there was a car 
that the cop car was by and it was all smashed up and we drive by and Devin says, Oh my God, that's Mike's car. He's been in a car wreck. Mm. And I'm like, oh, what? Yeah. How did I, how did I know? Mm. And then I'm like, Oh no. And he was, are they arresting him? I don't see him there. So we go to her house and I'm like, Devin, I have to tell you something. And I tell her and she goes, no, you didn't. And she gets so mad at me. <laughs> and then she goes to sleep again. She was intoxicated. And I was just like up all night, like with my eyes, like wide open, like what just happened? How did I know that? I should have said something, but she just would have freaked out earlier. Oh my gosh. How did I know this? So he ends up calling me because he and I were really good friends. He ends up calling me a few days later because he'd been put in the drunk tank. So he was locked away briefly and he tells me what happened. So Atherton, the road that we had been on, he had been coming from that area too. And he had run off the road and he had hit an electrical box. You know where that cherry picker and cop car were when I saw the yeah. flashing lights? Yeah. That's where he hit the electrical box. Oh. But he'd been drinking, so he didn't want to get caught. So he got back on the road and kept driving, but he had a flat tire and it started to unravel. And it unraveled in front of that park. Oh, man. So when wow. the tire unraveled, he abandoned his car and ran home. And his mom realized that he was drunk and didn't have his car. And she actually called the police on him, which was a wise mom move at the time. But yeah, it was totally crazy. And I was like, whoa. And from then on, it was like, okay, if something just hits me like that, then I know that it's a thing. And it's funny because with car wrecks specifically, I don't know what it is, but I've been woken up even in the middle of the night to intercede for people who I knew had been in a car wreck, mm. like middle of the night, because intercession's huge for me too. So that's one of my kind of wild, crazy stories. And then wow. now I see a lot more. Like now I would say that God speaks to me a lot more like through biblical imagery too. So sometimes I'll see things that, wouldn't necessarily make sense unless you really know the Bible. Um, but I'm going to tell another story from a few years back. So I was a lot further along in my journey at this point with the Lord than I was in high school with that first incident. But I was also, at the time, I really didn't have language for the gifting that I had from God. I knew it was from God. I always had. But, you know, most churches don't really talk about Holy Spirit gifts. And I grew up, well, my family didn't go to church except when I was really young, but I grew up going to a whole bunch of different churches to sing in choirs and go to youth group, and none of them were Holy Spirit-filled churches. So the only words I knew for any of that was psychic, which always felt weird because I'm like, well, that's not really, like, it's, it's from God. I know it's from God, and I don't, like, give readings, but I don't know what else to call it, you know? So... When this vision happened, it was kind of like that. I knew it was from God. Like I knew that's where the gifting came from. I knew that's where the visions and things, but I didn't even really understand the words prophetic at the time because I'd not been in a Holy Spirit filled church yet or around people like Jennifer Evaz and such who really teach about it. So a friend of mine had posted that her grandparents, actually, she didn't give any details. She posted that her family needed prayer. And I ended up reaching out to her and I'm like, hey, Casey, like, I just felt like I was supposed to. I'm like, what's going on? Is everything OK? Like, what's going on? So she tells me that her grandparents 
had gone missing. Hmm. They had like a form of dementia where they were kind of okay during the day, but not later at night. So they were in a facility where they had extra care, but they were allowed to go on outings during the day. They just had to go back and they had gone out during the day for her grandmother to get her hair cut and they'd never showed back up at the facility. <sighs> so as soon as she told me, I felt this total peace come over me. Like I knew that they were okay, but then I saw a vision and I saw a vision of them holding hands, like sitting in an ice cream parlor, holding hands, giggling like school kids, like they were on a grand adventure, like they thought they were on this fun road trip and they were having a great time. And I told her, I was like, you know, Casey, I know that this, like the senses that I have, like it's not perfect, but for whatever it's worth, I just really feel like they are fine. As soon as you told me what was going on, I just felt this peace. And then I saw, I'm like, and this is what I saw. So I described to her exactly what I saw. And she's like, thank you so much, you know, and I don't think much of it again. And a week or two later, I'm talking to her and I'm talking about something completely unrelated. I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like blah, blah, blah. She goes, Brittany, I know that you know that you're sensitive in the spirit and I don't even know if you realize how in tune you really are. Mm. She's like, do you remember when my grandparents were missing a couple weeks ago? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, do you remember what you told me that you saw? And I was like, well, yeah. And she, she and I kind of go through the vision that I showed her or told her, I mean. And she says, well, my grandparents were found the next day sitting at an ice cream parlor, holding hands, thinking they were on a grand adventure, exactly how you described it to me. And she's like, so whatever you're feeling right now, it's right. <laughs> and I kind of Because <laughs> realistically, we're not all right all the time. So I'm just going right. to throw that out there. Just because yeah. you do have this gift doesn't mean you're right all the time. You still need to test yeah. it if you hear all the time or feel all the time. But I remember for me, that was such a big deal because so many of the times that I had felt things or known things or seen things, it was like a negative, you know, like mm -hmm. I'd be woken up in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh, someone was in a car wreck and I'm like on my knees for four hours praying and crying, you know? And this was the first time that I was like, wow, I got to give someone peace. Like, how cool is that? This, yeah. this has a a positive side, like for the first time, this wasn't some really heavy, <laughs> heavy assignment, you know, like th this is amazing. So that was a cool shift. And now it's just a lot of the time, the way God speaks to me, because I will prophesy to people and I've had the opportunity to do some prophetic ministry this year too, which has been so amazing. Um, I got to be part of the prophetic ministry team at the inner healing and deliverance conference that Jennifer Evaz and Ron Evaz put on. And that was such an amazing experience. But like for me, if I'm asking God for a word for someone, I will usually like pray and ask him like, okay, what do you want? What do you want to tell them? What do you want, want to show me for them? And I'll see a vision of something. And it could make no sense at all initially. Like I could see a painting, you know, like at one point I saw when I asked for a word for someone, I saw a, a painting of Starry, Starry Night, the Vincent Van Gogh painting. And then I started hearing the song, Vincent. And then I kind of got a sense from the Lord of what that meant for that person. So a lot of the time I will see a vision 
And then I'll have to ask God for clarity. Like I might have a feeling or impression about that vision and what it means, but sometimes I have to ask God and then he'll give me a word or something that goes along with that. So one of my, like, I, I'm going to share just kind of a piece of this and try to make it quick. Cause it was a pretty crazy vision, but I had had a vision in church this year, actually not this year. It was last year. It was during worship. I started seeing snakes slither across the floor and every time they get close, I'd stomp on them. Cause you know, we're given authority to stomp on trample on serpents and scorpions and not be injured. So I'm stomping on the snakes, you know, and then the vision takes a whole other tilt. And now I see myself on the ground on top of this giant demonic thing. That's like part snake, part dragon thing. And I have my knee on it and I'm like over it on the ground and I have my hands around its neck. If you can call it a neck, cause that's, you know, it's a serpent mm -hmm. thing, but I've got my hands around its neck and I'm strangling it. And I'm like fighting to kill this demon, you know? And I'm like, oh, and in the vision, I'm like, just die already, you know? And I'm squeezing with all my might. And I was in the power position. Like I had it subdued under me, but it was not dying yet. And it was like, oh, it was a fight. And then all of a sudden it turns to dust. Like it's just gone. It's just dust. There's nothing else there. And my hands come together and it's like, huh? And then I hear God say, you fought a good fight, but now I'm going to do what only I can do. Hmm. And then all of a sudden I hear a roar, like a lion roar, but like echoing roar. And in this vision, I see like the dust underneath me. It's like right when the roar happened, this big gust of wind comes and the gust of wind just blows away the dust. And I feel like I just immediately in the vision, like leap to my feet to just praise God. And as I do, I see the lion of Judah in the sky and he's just majestic and glowing and just radiant golden light. And he's just so powerful. And there are these golden beams coming down from him. And I hear... I'm blowing away even the dust of your enemies. Come on. And then I start getting like different angles of this vision, which sounds kind of crazy, but sometimes I'll even like see myself from different positions. Like I get a whole different perspective in a vision. So I see it's like where we are in the vision. It's like columns. There are four columns and they're like white columns. And it's almost like a gazebo, but marble. And then the middle's open and that's where you can see the clouds and the lion of Judah. And he's just in the clouds and it's all golden. And in the middle, the, and I can see around, like the wind didn't just blow away the dust of the enemy that I was fighting. I could see dust blowing away in other places too. Like he was just taking care of enemies that other people had been fighting also. And he was cleansing it out, you know? And then there are these golden beams coming down and in the middle, I see where the golden beams are coming down. It's like this grass starts growing up rapidly. And, and I can see this from different angles. Like I see myself with my arms up and I see the grass growing. And then I walk into the grass and a loved one that I've been contending for is there. And they are on their knees weeping mm -hmm. like the repentance wow. kind of tears. Like they woke up and came to God and it was like the happy kind of repentance tears. And I put my arms around them. And then I felt like Jesus put his arms around us. And then I could see out of my peripheral vision, other people with their loved ones too. 
so I had a sense of what the vision meant. And like overall, God spoke very specific things to me. So it felt pretty amazing anyway. But it was also really neat because there was so much biblical imagery that as I was reading through scripture, God would reveal to me like, oh, and here's a little example of what I showed you in that vision because he blows away the enemies like chaff in the wind. And then there's a verse that talks about they will be consumed by their own evil. They will be nothing more than dust underneath your feet. And then, you know, God talks about the harvest coming in and the grass represents the harvest. And then there's the lion of Judah. And when the lion of Judah roars, there's a roar that he does that brings his people home. So anyway, it's, it's really kind of amazing. I would say that that vision is probably the most prolific one I've ever had. So if you, are listening and you've never had an experience like that, don't worry. That's like my only that wild (laughs) of an experience. And it was all encompassing. (laughs) Um, But he does speak to me in more imagery now too. Sometimes it's literal, like Sean was saying, sometimes it is in the natural, you know, like you have a thing with eagles. God gives me four leaf clovers all the time. (laughs) Like so many, I have books full of four leaf clovers that I've pressed you guys. Like it's almost absurd (laughs) and, and numbers too. So it's amazing. But yeah. So Shirley, do you have a feeling example that you can share with us? Yes. Um, this was, this was a few years ago, but this really changed how I pray for people and intercede so um it's a very dear friend of mine was sick and i was praying and um for him and you know he um passed away but in the and went to glory but in the contention i said the lord said to me i'm gonna i'm gonna take him home and i said why lord I said, he's in his 50s. I said, why, Lord? I said, it's such a kind man, guys, such a kind man. And he's, the Lord said to me, I went, so, oh, step ahead. So, so I was raveling, like really struggling with that. And I was in, my bedroom is where I do all my intercession and the worship music cranks up or I'm, you know, no music, but that's where I seem to do. I seem to just gravitate towards that room and that's where it seems to happen. And I feel, yeah, I feel like really comfy in there, obviously, but that's, I just always gravitate or I go up and down the hallway. But anyway, um, so I was struggling with the Lord. I was wrestling with him. And I think, why would you take this dear, dear family man, influential man to um, to be with you, Lord, to glory? And so anyway, I didn't get anything. And I'm thinking, have you left me, Lord, because I contended with you so badly? Like, what is going on? And so he said to me, wait until you get to the funeral. And I'm thinking, I'm not into cryptic crosswords, Lord. Like, just give me everything, you know? Like, so anyway, I got to the funeral and the church that I was going to and these beautiful people were going to was packed. Downstairs was 
packed and there were people from interstate that couldn't make it. And, yeah, I've been to many funerals and I have never seen a funeral, a one other funeral as big as this. And the Lord said to me, this is his influence. Mm. These are the people that he has had influence with. His work is done. Mm. And so I just sat there. I was glued to the seat. And and that changed. I have to say that changed the way I prayed because then I pondered that for a good few days. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said to me, not everything is your assignment. Mm. And I'm thinking, Lord, I'm an intercessor. I'm going to see breakthrough, you know. Like, I'm an intercessor, Lord. And he said, not everything is your assignment. So the Lord and I, we took this further because I wasn't happy, with, you know, with what the Lord said. I'm thinking, Lord, you know, we pray for people. Your word says faith as small as a mustard seed, you know. I'm thinking, I've got the faith, Lord. I'm going to see breakthrough. And the Lord said to me, not everything is your assignment. I'm thinking, I'm not finished, Lord. And so we were still nutting out with each other. It's like no obedience here at all. And I'm thinking, Lord, you know, why? And you know what he said to me? He said that if you pray for something that is not your assignment, you will not see breakthrough. Mm. And I'm telling, I backed off right away, got communion, repenting, thinking, Lord, I am so sorry. And he said to me, not everything is your battle. And I thought, wow, Lord. He, and so he was saying that I'll pray for something that's not my um, prayer need to pray for and there'll be no result because it's not mm. mine. Mm. And I think that floored me. So there was that. But I had a um, – so I needed to say that because that preluded. Um, I was praying for someone and I knew it was my – assignment to pray for and because there was the feel there was peace you know when your eye was praying things were flowing in the spirit and there were praise reports and so and sometimes the lord would prompt me that there needed to be a bit more prayer a bit more intercession so i mm-hmm. would do that and then i started to feel um So when I was explaining about the butterflies, the butterflies to me were good. Like this is what I'm meant to be doing. I would get a really big knot in my stomach and that would be my warning to say that something's going to turn and I would know that it wasn't going to be the outcome that I was praying. Mm. And so this, this happens on a nearly every day. I'll be go out with friends and they'll introduce me to someone and there's a knot in my stomach and I'm thinking, okay, there's something not right here with this person and what have you. And then the longer we're together, the Lord is revealing and the knot is starting to to ease a little bit and I get a little bit of peace. And so this happens with people that um, I'm praying for for healing and then um, the knot comes and I think, okay, this is going to be a passing, 
you know, mm -hmm. this person's going to pass away. And so then the Lord, with my friend earlier, the Lord taught me that instead of praying for healing, because we were arguing in the kitchen, he said to me, you missed out on an opportunity of praying for the family. Mm -hmm. I had to pick myself up off the floor. I was so embarrassed that I did, didn't listen to him because I wanted to see healing. And so now, you know, I have my radar when I go out and I've got either butterflies or the knot. And so now when I get the knot, I know straight away to pray for the family because mm. this person is going to pass, whether it be a child or a young person or a senior person. If I get that knot, that's my feeling that I know that. And I, sometimes I'll ask the Lord, and say, Lord, is, is this person going to pass? And he'll let me know. Yeah. So um, so that's the biggest feeler for me is either the butterflies or the knot in my stomach. And I'll mm -hmm. know sometimes on a daily basis, three or four times, you know, what is going on with people around me. And one time I had this feeling in my stomach about a family member who I'm pretty close to and um, there was this very uncomfortable feeling and I'm trying to work out what the Lord is saying. It was nothing bad but the lifestyle what had changed mm -hmm. and um, so the Lord was alerting me that the lifestyle had changed from this person and that um, I could talk to them about it, but I could also pray for them because yeah. that was my assignment because it's family, and, you know, mm -hmm. and we're to pray for our family, you know. Yes. So, and um, I pray, how can I explain this? Um, so now my close friends I pray for and their needs outside of that, I only pray if the Lord tells me. I don't want that to sound standardish, but I don't want to be praying A for an assignment and it's not for me. That's not going to have a result or waste my time when I could be praying for someone or something else. But that, I've learned that over a period of time. I was saved 30 years last year. Mm -hmm. And so... I've learned this mm -hmm. more recently. I've learned a lot of what I've just shared, but also there've been radars, the butterflies or the knot in my stomach. Mm -hmm. Someone will say something and I'll get a knot and mm -hmm. there's something behind this. And so I know whether to have that person in my life or not. Yeah. Um, because one time when I was working, um, I was doing, I had done 10 days straight, um, which wasn't a problem because it was a morning and a night job. I could go and feed the horses in the morning, feed them at night and would do yards, rugging, etc. And then there was an incident where I was asked to see if there was someone that could help to give me days off. And I chose a person that person turned out to be a bully and um, 
my my inclination is because it's happened before when I get bullied is I back off right away because I don't like confrontation and I won't speak out either. Oh, you know, I'll look out, look out for me first and protect me. And then that's as far as it goes. And I was trying to talk to this person and nothing was happening. So I just shut up and said nothing. But then the um, owner of the place had come to do some work with a pony and she had seen the bullying. And she came up to me and said that she had spoken to the person. And I'm telling you, it was like I had a something around me that went bang and I knew that I was going to be in for trouble. I was feeling that I was going to be in for it because this person had been caught out because whenever she bullied, and this was years ago, whenever she bullied, it was always when nobody was around. And so I, I said to my boss, I said, great, I said, she'll come after me. And she said she won't because I've spoken to her. And she did. She did. I lost my job in the end because, um, which I was happy about because I was away from the bully. But, um, you know, there was stuff going on from this mm-hmm. other person who's obviously not saved. But, you know, I I was going to work and these butterflies would go and I'd have peace and I'd be happy and I'm around the horses and then, I'd go to work and this person was there and then I'd get this knot in my stomach mm-hmm. and I would feel a complete change in the atmosphere, a complete change in the spirit and I knew that I had to be alert to everything. So whenever I went to work, obviously I would plead the blood, put the armour on, um, the, you know, the armour of God in Ephesians 6, 12 to 18 and I would be completely prepared and that I knew it was okay for me to walk away um, because I wasn't going to stand for it because that's not what Jesus wants for us. You know, there's plenty of scripture about enemies and wicked people in our lives. And I didn't, the other thing was I had to remain accountable the whole time and be careful of what I said or Mm -hmm. how I acted. And it was getting very hard. Mm. But I can praise God and thank him for the butterflies and the knots, you know, because that would warn me as to what was going on. And like I said before, that happens a lot in everyday life. Yeah. Even in my own church, I'll get a knot or I'll get butterflies or um, um, if the Lord wants me to give a prophetic word to someone, um, I can tell type of word when I wait on the Lord and get scripture so I can balance it and bring it forward with scripture in the prophetic word that there's going to be butterflies or the knots and so then I've got to wait on the Lord so I get lots lots of butterflies and knots but I love the way the Lord communicates to me because I know that feeling so well it's the butterflies or the knots and I yeah. know if it's knots then that needs prayer and intercession yeah and you know God will reveal more to me or um the other day oh, God is just so good it's what, what you were saying Sean with the number plate 
I was trying to think of a here in Adelaide. It's a, a car shop that sells bits and pieces for the cars. And um, I couldn't think of it for the life of me because I needed to get something for my car. And I'm thinking, Lord, please tell me what the name of the shop is because they've changed names now. But I, I knew the name of the shop because of its location. And I was out driving and a, um, a van, a small van drove next to me and it had spring on it. And that was the name of the car shop. And so I knew. And that, I mean, that might seem nothing to a lot of people, but to me is the Lord, the small things. The Lord is showing me yeah. that, um, okay, well, thank you. You reminded me that the shop was Sprint and um, it reminded me of where they were so I could go get what I needed. So God communicates that way to me as well. Um, if I can't recall something, an object or something will um, come to me. Another one is petrol, you know, when I go to get fuel for the car. And I always go to number eight, always go to number eight. And I'm not happy if I can't get to Bowser 8 because <laughs> that eight means so much to me. That number means so much to me. It's, oh, my gosh. So... Yeah, so, and the reason being just briefly is when my horse was being put to sleep last year, I asked the Lord, what date should I put it down? And he said eight. So he was on my case the whole time. He was, the Lord lorded over that whole situation. He was incredible. I had a warning dream that she would be put to sleep. The day after she was put to sleep, I had a dream to say that she was in heaven to, which I knew she was going there, but to give me peace about that. And then I started to waver about the date. So I thought maybe I'll give her a little bit more time and she'll recover and get well. And then I needed to get a new phone. And in the contract, it had an 8218. So it's eight. And the weather, because I immediately, I looked up the weather for that day because the weather had to be perfect. And it was 818. Yeah. So God speaks that way as well. It's just incredible. So, um, so yes, so I always got to go to Bowser number eight. And um, sometimes I've parked behind the car at Bowser eight and I've slowly driven forward in a hope to nudge him on. That's between you and me. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I'm thinking I've got to get to Bowser eight. So... Um, is it new new beginnings eight? Yeah. Or? Yes, new beginnings. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so what I have because it is new beginnings. I know where she is. The Lord has told me mm. I've had a dream. I know where she is. So new beginnings is the doors that you know that God is opening up for me. So yeah. but I still have to have Bowser number eight. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so that's, funny. How, that's another way. Um he, um, I feel, or I've seen symbolically in the dream with my phone, with my girl going. Um, so, yeah, so um, it's the not the butterflies or hearing, mm -hmm. hearing the, the voice of the Lord audibly. Yeah. So they're just a few circumstances. I love it. 
you know, you were talking about feeling and when you get the feelings. And I just became aware, too, that a lot of the time the feeling sense of hearing God comes because of points of discernment. Mm -hmm. So I get the same way. If there is somebody that has poor intentions in a room, I can feel it. I feel manipulation a certain way. I usually feel nauseous, like it's like Mm. nauseous in my stomach, you know, Um, certain specific spiritual entities feel like that. Like Jezebel makes me nauseous and, you know, like, and I can feel it in a room and I can even from a distance, like tell if somebody I care about is dealing with that. Like I can feel it in the atmosphere. Um, Yeah. But you were talking about butterflies and knots and like what that means to you. And I just also want to encourage the listeners that he gives us each different feelings. So I've, I've been in a number of prophetic groups at this point where we've shared and people will be like, how do you sense witchcraft? You know, and people will like give how they feel that. And everyone's is a little bit different. Some people get dizzy. Some people feel sick to their stomachs. Manipulation. A lot of people feel sick to their stomach, but others feel it different ways or they like get angry when it's around, you know? So just in case anyone um, has paranoia issues, like I have at different points in my life, just because you have a knot in your stomach doesn't mean someone's going to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, God could be speaking to you about something different. For me, sometimes knots in my stomach are a call to intercession for someone I care about. So it's like, oh, it's time to pray. I'm going to punch you in the gut until you pray. Okay. And then I pray until, until that goes away, you know? So I just want to encourage everybody that um, hearing from the Lord is a journey and we each hear and feel and sense in our own ways. And he speaks to us each uniquely. And I hope that in listening to everybody tonight or today, whenever you actually hear this episode, because you could be listening at any time of day, that you realize from us sharing our experiences that we all experience him very differently. And yet there are similarities sometimes too. So we each have our own voice that he speaks to us with, so to speak. And it's a journey to figure out how he speaks to you and to grow in that. And the voice of God has different reasons for showing up for you. One, to encourage you and show you that he's there, maybe guide you. Sometimes it's to rebuke you and point you in a different direction. He's definitely done that with me before. (laughs) But, you know, even with God's rebuke, it's to help you. It's never to hurt you or shame you. Like, it's to guide you in a direction that's going to be more beneficial. Sometimes it's to guide you because you've been asking for guidance and you need his direction. And sometimes it's just for comfort. Other times it's to edify, comfort, or encourage another person. And sometimes it's to save people. Just like Sean was talking about, he was led to that waitress and he he got to minister to her and he could say genuinely that God had been speaking to him about her the whole week. And like Shirley was led to that man that she was to pray for, for healing. You know, those are moments that we do get to plant those seeds. So I want to encourage you to not be afraid when you do feel that urge to tell someone a good word. If it's a negative word, I would pray about it before I give it. (laughs) And you better be real sure that he said to give it. Because a lot of the time, those points too are more for intercession 
and prayer mm-hmm. for the person than they are to speak it because prophecy in general is to build up, edify, and encourage. And there could be a correct, but even if there is a correct, it's got to be done gently. And sometimes the correct is praying for the Holy Spirit to do the correction. But I just want to encourage you that if you do get a word for someone, don't be afraid to share it. I mean, the worst that could happen is that you're wrong in that particular scenario, which happens to all of us. And if you've told someone a good word, you know, they're not going to be mad at you for it. So, but on that note, I would love to close out in prayer. Sean, would you close us out in prayer? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this evening. Um, It's such a delight to get together and fellowship and just worship you, Lord. Our hearts yearn for you, Lord. Just bring her into, bring us into a greater truth, a deeper revelation of who you are, Lord. Yes. We love you. We serve you, King Jesus. Lord, I pray that everyone listening, Lord, that you would just touch their heart, Father. That you would just lift your voice above the noise, Lord. They would, that they would begin to have dreams and visions about what you have called them to, Lord. I pray that people would get healed listening to this, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, I just pray for a greater revelation of you, Lord. Yes, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us for this episode. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I will talk to you next time. Righty. When you love.